Welcome to Bike Time. My name is Gary Tu. In today's show, we will talk about today's show. It will be called The Mountains of Knowledge. We'll discuss the contributions of African Americans uh, in the information technology field. So, we're going to get into some of the scientists, physicists, engineers, um, computer scientists, science engineers. We're going to get to all the people, African Americans, that have made major contributions in this technology field that we call information technology. So, we're going to get into all that. And very important to know that this is Martin Luther King weekend. If it weren't for Martin Luther King and the civil rights um, workers, who marched down to Selma, down in Memphis, Tennessee, and Mississippi, who gave up their lives. Mega Evers gave up his life because he is something that he believed in. So we're going to get into all that. And just like I said, this show is dedicated to Martin Luther King. And I just want everybody to reflect on this, okay? So... Once again, I want everybody to listen to the music and enjoy this one of the songs from the Civil Rights Era. This is Curtis Mayfield and the Impression. Keep on pushing. So enjoy the music, ladies and gentlemen. Then we'll come back. We'll get the show started. Just enjoy. Sit back, relax. And we're going to be playing some music um, during the era in the Civil Rights Era. We're going to talk about it. Like I said, this is Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. Enjoy the music. Curtis Mayfield, the impressions. We got to keep on pushing, ladies and gentlemen. That's the message of the day. Keep on pushing. If you know you're getting set back or being told you couldn't do something, you keep on pushing till you get there. All right. So I've been in that situation. I know what it's like. And, you know, I'm grateful to be here today. Like I said, if it weren't for these, the people, the mega Evers, Martin Luther King, um, just a host of names. Uh, I mean, the civil rights workers that came from Philadelphia and New York and marched on in Selma, Memphis, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi. And if it weren't for them who sacrificed their lives, I wouldn't be here. Terry Toot wouldn't be on the air talking to people across the world. As a matter of fact, I had somebody from Morocco that, um, download this show so i really appreciate that and you know like i said if it weren't for those civil rights workers those leaders you know martin luther king mega evers just a host of people out there and i wouldn't be here talking to you on the medium um this pod this thing called podcasting okay so uh before we go any further like i said this is martin luther king weekend we need to pay homage to him uh, this gentleman's sacrifice, going to jail, 
his form tap by J. Edgar Hoover. And, you know, it's just, it just shows anyone the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? This guy has, the, the Mr. Martin Luther King was a hero. He's definitely a hero to me. Okay. And for him, I'm going to read part of his speech later on before the end of the show. So we'll talk about that. But we're going to, um, we'll talk about that and, you know, the contributions, the things he has done to, to elevate and see that not all of us are NBA ball players, NFL ball players, not so much baseball, but our entertainers or rappers, you know, we do have intelligence, you know, we do, some of us do work at IT companies and some of us own our own IT companies, you know, that are African-Americans, but people don't know that because it's like they don't, some people don't want to know, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay because we're not going anywhere. Okay. Like Curtis Mayfield and the impression said, you got to keep on pushing, you know, and we're going to play some of his music later on because some of his music has a lot of power. And in back in the day, in the, around the civil rights era, you know, when the riots were going on in Newark, uh, Detroit, you know, right around time when uh, Dr. King was assassinated, um, here comes, you know, Curtis Mayfield, the Impressions, Sam Cooke, you know, you name the people, James Brown, they came out with songs during that civil rights uh, era. But um, we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk about some people that were major contributors to um, these major information technology companies and even government agencies. So we're going to get into all that, um, how they got started. To we're not too much about the education, really. It's not important, but we'll talk about it anyway. Yes, I guess it'll be important because they went to very highly technical and premier, let's say, some of the Ivy League schools, okay? So we're getting to that, but first and foremost, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to talk about uh, today, because uh, it is Martin Luther King weekend. Some of us are off from work on Monday, which I'm thankful of that. <laughs> it was a rough week this week, but uh, there's some NFL playoffs going on. So there's a lot of NFL football this week in the playoffs. So today on Fox, it'll be Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers, and they are in what they call a deluge of rain, 100% rain at San Francisco. They're going to be in, they had to wear the big, at least one inch, two inch stud on cleats. They have to, because they'll really, thank God it's grass. If it was astral turf, they'll be breaking legs. So Seattle, Seattle versus San Francisco. I like Seattle to go all the way to the Super Bowl. In the NFC, I I don't see anybody that can beat them. I really don't. Their defense is superior. Um, Purdy, the quarterback, and you got all your weapons back. Debo is back. Um, your tight ends are all back. I mean, you, you got everybody. So I, I like them in the Super Bowl. I, I don't see Minnesota get bum rushed by them because Minnesota has no defense. Okay, uh, the Giants, no good. Okay, anyway, uh, and Tampa and Dallas is. Is a mess. I don't know what's up with Dak throwing all the interceptions, but that's neither here nor there. So tomorrow's games is going to be the New York Giants versus Minnesota, and that's on Fox at four thirty. 
And then the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to talk to you about this game in particular because I live in the Baltimore area, Baltimore, D.C. area. Lamar Jackson does not want to play for Baltimore anymore. And if I were the Baltimore Ravens, deuces, get out of here, okay? You let us down for a second year in a row, okay? Second year in a row, and you're in the final year of your contract. What you're doing is despicable, classless. I don't give a damn. You don't want to be able to show a little a little heart in some kind of team player that you want to play for the team. There's nothing wrong with your knee. I'm sorry. There's nothing. You've been out since December 4th. There's nothing wrong with you. you just out there. You don't want to play for the Ravens. Just come out and say that. And you're negotiating your own contract. I can see the Ravens telling you right now, guess what? If you want to come back on this team, we're going to put stipulation on that contract. If you miss so many games, bam, we're taking money away from you. And that's what you deserve, Lamar Jackson. I get it. You don't want to play for the, for the Ravens. So I have a prediction that Lamar Jackson will be going to either Miami, Tampa Bay. Because Tom Brady's not going to stay there. And I don't think he's ready to retire. But. Lamar Jackson, you're, make, you're making big mistakes, and, and especially you're negotiating the contract without a great, without an agent. You're calling yourself and your mother as agents to negotiate. Steve Bashotti is going to have some of his best accountants, and you and, and Steve Bashotti is not a slouch himself, a businessman here in the Baltimore area. He owns tech firms, agencies. That's what he owns. He's not a dumb guy. He's made money very well. He's done very good for himself. So you think you can negotiate a contract with Steve Bashotti and his accountants and the general manager. I, I just can't see it. So um, I know you're not coming back, Lamar. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right. So the next uh, Monday night game will be at the Dallas Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. I don't know what's up with Dak Prescott. He's got all that money, but he's throwing the ball to the wrong people. I don't know what's wrong with the brother, but I don't know. You, I don't know. There is something going on. You're throwing interceptions in every last eight games, it seems like. Every time I look at you, you're throwing interception. You got, you, I can know you tell the difference between a white shirt and a blue shirt or an orange. So if I were you, Dak Prescott, you better blow Tom Brady out in Tampa. And here's the thing, too. I understand they won the division, but Dallas was second in the NFC. So they got to go to Tampa to play, and they had a losing racket? I don't know, NFL. You got me on this one. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, people. But uh, let's see. What else we got? We got some college basketball today. I'm going to bring it up real quick, real quick. We'll get started. Okay. Hold on. Let's get What we got here in college basketball? Schedule we got. Uh, let's see, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone's staying warm. I went outside earlier today to get emissions done in my car, and it was cold. It was really cold. I'm like, come on. I'm not paying attention to the weather here. Okay, so we got Kentucky versus Tennessee. Kentucky's getting blown out, and Calipari's leaving. Let's see. We got Wisconsin at Indiana. I like Indiana in that game. I think Syracuse is playing Notre Dame. I got Syracuse in that game. Uh, Pitt at Georgia Tech. Pitt is a surprise this year, but I'm going to say Georgia Tech. Who else? Alabama's got a really good team. I think they could beat LSU. For, uh, Virginia at Florida State, ugh, not a good game. Let's see, anybody else? 
Duke. Duke has got some issues, people. They're not the Dukies you know from back in the Dizzy, okay? So they're not as old. I, you know what? I think they got the wrong coach. If Tommy Amaka was a coach, he would be in their tail. Because I've seen Duke, and they go into those pitfalls, you know? So I don't know what's up. Anyway, and who else? Yeah, Syracuse is Notre Dame. Uh, and Colorado, UCLA, it's a joke. But anyway, okay. So that's our little spin on sports here. So anyway, so today's show is dedicated to African-Americans. Like I said, today's show is called Mountains of Knowledge. All right, so we do have mountains of knowledge that we want to contribute to the information technology field. All right. We have knowledge just as, as our counterparts, you know what I mean? You know, we have knowledge, we have the degrees, we have the certifications, we have the attributes. We're working hard. Okay. So I, you know, I've, I've heard the stories in Silicon Valley where they're not, uh, African-Americans are not really accepted there. Um, there's not that many of us in there, but like I said, we got to keep on pushing. Just like Curtis Mayfield, the impressions were saying, God, we have to keep on pushing. We'll get there. Okay. All we need is that one person that we do. Let's get, don't get it twisted people. We do have African-Americans that work in Silicon Valley. Um, we have people worked on in that area and the, um, the tech industry in Texas, uh, where the area, uh, Austin, the area out there where, uh, Dell headquarters are at. There's a lot of big companies out there. Uh, I think Apple's got a uh, facility there too now, but, um, you know, you just can't stop on that track and say, no, forget it. Then I don't No, no, don't listen to that. I heard that 30 years ago. Okay. So anyway, so let's get the show started. And like I said, this is, like I said, today's show is dedicated to African-Americans contributions in te uh, technology, okay? So the first person we're going to talk about today, his name is Otis Boykin, okay? Um, Mr. Boykin was a native of Dallas, Texas. He graduated from Fisk in 1941. Uh, he worked at Majestic Radio, TV Corporation, later worked for PJ Nielsen, which is the Nielsen ratings that, you know, they take, they check and see how many viewers are watching this particular, like particular uh, TV, television shows on different on the networks so that's how they get the ratings um he was an inventor of 26 patents so this guy when he died he had 26 patents that were certified in the united states federal government um he was known for one of his inventions was a wire precision resistor used in televisions radios ibm computers and even in military missiles um, one of his greatest contributions and what he had the wire precision was in the pacemaker, ladies and gentlemen, I did not know that myself. See, it goes to show you that when you don't know anything, you search out information, this is what you find. So, um, what he said, what they're saying here, the invention allowed the pacemaker to be more precisely regulated. So if you want the thing ticking too fast and the next thing you know, you're not here anymore. But 
Mr. Otis Boykin, uh, like I said, died, uh, born 1920, and he died in 1982. Uh, God rest your soul, Mr. Boykin. We appreciate your contribution to the pacemaker. Thank you very much. All right. The next person we'll talk about, he was uh, an extremely talented person, uh, Mr. Meredith Gordine. He was born in 1929 out of Newark, New Jersey, and... And he died in 1998, but this guy was fascinating. Not only was he highly intelligent, but he was also a very good athlete. He was a long jumper in the 1952 Helsinki Olympics. Once again, I did not know that. Okay. Um, Mr. Gordine, he graduated from uh, Cornell, which is an Ivy League school in 1952. A black man graduated from an Ivy League school. I've been to Cornell. I mean, I went there on a trip and Cornell sits. How can I describe this? Cornell sits in like a off the beaten path area of Ithaca, New York. It's very beautiful there. Very, very beautiful. Uh, Cornell, their whole campus there in Ithaca. And not only that, they have Ithaca College, which is a very <laughs> tough school to get into. I think. The chairman of Disney, uh, Roger, what's his name? The chairman of Disney, Roger Iger, he graduated from there. But um, Meredith Gordine, he went to Ivy League school in a predominantly white university at Cornell University. And that goes to show you, the guy, not only was he talented, he was an engineer, uh, physicist, and he had a PhD and he also had a PhD at Caltech. And that's a even, that's just like the same, oh, it's the same education as MIT, Caltech. You tell somebody, hey man, I graduated from Caltech. You're set for life. Okay. This, this gentleman got his PhD in engineering physics from Caltech. And unbelievable, unbelievable. And he also was a senior research scientist at the Jet Propulsion Lab from 1956 to 1958. And he is also inducted into the um, Ohio Engineering School of Science of uh, Science Hall of Fame. And also he was a trustee of Cornell University and elected to the Academy of Engineering. All I can say at that note, Mr. Meredith Gordine, Thank you for your contributions. And I know you passed away in 1998, but God rest your soul. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next person we'll talk about here and in technology, her name is Annie J. Eastley. Um, her career started very early. One of a few black employees at NASA, which was then called National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. Okay. Uh, she was in a squad of 2,500 people. She developed software for the Centaur rocket stage. Um, like I said, this is in Houston, Texas, so there's still segregation going on. So she had to finagle her way to get on base and stuff like that, but she managed to survive, okay? Um, and she also did a voting run support, um, you know, after segregation, when it was illegal to discriminate for voting, she was, she was doing a voting drive in the 60s. And that's really important to 
make a note of that. Um, during her career, three um, was sp- ex- was expanded three uh, decades, which is unbelievable. At NASA, she developed and implemented uh, computer code that analyzed alternative power technology, supported the Centaur high energy upper rocket stage, identified energy conversion systems, alternative systems that were used to solve energy problems. Okay, and she did just during the time of the segregation. God bless you so, Miss Easley. We will always be thinking about you. Once again, your contributions to the information technology. Okay. Okay, another person we're going to talk about here, um, Mr. Mark Regis Hanna. Um, Mark Regis Hanna was a person that was involved in the CGI graphics um, in the late 80s and 90s. Um, he was an electrical engineer. He graduated from Illinois Institute of Technology before earning his MS and PhD from Stanford University in 1978 and 85. He co-founded Silicon Graphics. I remember this. In the 80s, it was named the company's principal scientist. And he was a fantastic person. He went on to create programs used in movies like Jurassic Park, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, the Hunt for Red October, which I thought was a great movie with um, Alex Baldwin and um, the guy that played uh, James Bond. What's his name? Uh, Sean Connery. And it was a great movie. Anyway, and, and the technology was used by George Lucas and Magic to Create Terminator 2. So he... He's still alive, okay, people? <laughs> He's still alive. Mr. Mark Regis Hanna, thank you again for your contributions, you know, on the CGI and working on Grom and working at Silicon Graphics. I definitely have heard of them. Okay, how about this one? We're going to talk about a Miss Mary, excuse me, Valerie Thomas. Um, she is still alive also, <laughs> okay? And she was born in Baltimore, Maryland, graduated. Um, in 61, ever integration, uh, she attended um, Howard, I mean, excuse me, Morgan, where she was only one of two women majoring in physics. She excelled in the mathematics, science courses, and graduated with a degree in physics with the, uh, high honors in 1964. Okay. Um, unbelievable. She, from 64 to 95, Thomas worked for NASA. Uh, where she developed computer data systems, conducted large-scale experiments, managed various operations, uh, projects, and facilities. What they're saying here, while managing a project for the NASA's image processing systems, Thomas's team spearheaded the development of the first satellite to send images from space. Ladies and gentlemen, this is back in the 60s, okay? Um, the technology developed by Thomas is used by NASA to this day. Okay, scientists are currently exploring how to use the surgical tools and even television and video. So this is telling you, wow, this lady got her physics degree at Morgan State, which is just outside of Baltimore. And she went on to NASA for three, for 30, over 30 years. All we're just asking people is, is hey, Google. Salesforce, Microsoft. Hey, you got some smart African-Americans here, talented, 
no troublemakers. All they're asking is a chance to be a part. That's it. All right. Okay, cool, cool. How's everyone doing today? All right. All right, cool beans, cool beans. All right, so the next person we're going to talk about, I know you've heard of her. Her name is Mae Jemison. Okay, um, Mae Jemison, graduating 77, a Bachelor of Science degrees in Chemical Engineering and a Bachelor's degree in African American Studies. Uh, actually graduated Stanford. She attended Cornell um, Medical School, and she graduated in 1977 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Chemical Engineering and a Bachelor of degree in African American Studies. Um, she went to Cornell Medical School, people. Okay? She's, and then people understand, she got fascinated. She loved technology because she was fascinated with seeing Nichelle, Nichelle Nichols on Star Trek, a black woman working in the, in the primary deck of the Starship Enterprise. With Captain Kirk and Spock. He was the main engineer, people. Gene Roddenberry, the creative star of um Star Trek, saw something in her. And what he did was, I, I get what he did. He saw, he said, let's put this African, what they would call, we would call black people then, colleagues, or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, he saw this woman and said, look, if we can put her in this position, other little black girls can see her and say, look, I get it. I get what he did. That's almost 50, over 50 years ago. And he did a damn good job. Mae Jemison said she fell in love with that role um, from Michelle Nichols. And look what she did. Michelle Nichols, I mean, God rest his soul, Michelle Nichols. She's not with us anymore. But Mae Jemison is still here. She says she was inspired by it. And um, she went to space. Okay. She went to space. Okay. As an astronaut, uh, Jemison was accepted and flew her only space mission in 1992 as a mission specialist on a cooperative mission between the United States and Japan. Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And she's still kicking. Okay. She's still around. Mae Jemison. Thank you, Mae Jemison, for your contribution <clears throat> to information technology. And thank you for spreading the message around the country. Uh, African-Americans can be scientists, engineers, and physicists. All right? <clears throat> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I got a... sound like I got a little bug in my throat. So, hold on. Mr. Roberto Jose de Romo Martin, thank you for listening to my show. Okay, the next person that uh, we're going to talk about today is Mr. John Thompson. Now, it's not the John Thompson that coached at John, uh, uh, Georgetown, okay? This Mr. Thompson, John W. Thompson, okay? Born in Fort Dix, uh, New Jersey. Um, went to school in Florida. Um, he graduated with a Bachelor's of Business from Florida A&M in 1971. And he has an M, uh, MBA for the MIT Sloan School of Management. Unbelievable. And if you don't know who he is, I have heard of him. John Thompson. I've heard of him. Um, he was working for Symantec. And he had worked for companies such as IBM, Symantec, Microsoft. 
Um, he first started his career as a salesman for IBM and rose to general manager of IBM Americas for almost 30 years. Um, today he's a board member at um, Microsoft and he loves technology. He's a major investor. Um, I'm going to say this one time. Mr. Thompson also was working for Symantec too. Um, he was a, he was working for Symantec one time as one of the chairman. He was a big boss at, at uh, Symantec. And let me just make a note real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, I have someone that's listened to the show. And... All right. All right. So Mr. Thompson has been around a long time. So I had to put that out there because I, I used to have Symantec and they would send out emails and stuff like that about him as, um, as chairman of Symantec. All right. All right. Let's get moving. Let's get moving, people, people. All right. So next person that I have is... Her name is Marion R. Croak. All right. Don't be funny. Don't be, don't say anything smart. Okay. Miss uh, Croak, um, she is involved in, she was in, involved in technology for a long time. And she was, let's get her. She is also um, a very hardworking lady. Uh, she grew up in New York. Uh, attended Princeton and the University of Southern California, and she where she earned her PhD in social psychology, quantitative quantitative analysis. Um, she started working for Bell Lab, excuse me, Bell Labs, which is not AT and T, and you know she she came up with the idea of internet connections, um, you know, back in the day. So she was really a forefront in that. And like I said, she was one of the ones, the scientists who basically discovered uh, voice over VoIP phones, voice over internet protocol. She was one of the forefathers in it. Okay. Miss Croak was involved with this from the door. I mean, she's from working her time, Bell Labs, which is AT&T, and now she is let me see. She is working for, I think she's working for Cisco, what they said earlier. Nope, she's vice president of engineering at Google. See, that's somebody that got in. Someone believed in her, and they said, listen, let's hire her. And she got in, African-American. She's been in business a long time. You know, Sergey Brin and Larry, uh, what's his name, Schmidt? No, that's not Larry. I forgot his name. But they uh, saw something in her, and she, now she's uh, Vice President of Engineering at Google. Thank you for your contributions, Miss Marion Croak. All right? All right. Cool, cool, cool. And let's see. We have one more person. And this person is, I'm going to talk about him, uh, Mr. Ron Castro. Okay? Ron Castro. And his contributions uh, he, uh, on the Hispanic side, a minority, uh, he was, uh, he's vice president of supply chain for IBM. And he also uh, holds a bachelor's and a master's degree in engineering 
on operations from Purdue University. So unbelievable. See, we have people that are my uh, Latinos that are still that contributed. Look at it. He's been at IBM forever. Um, can't believe it. It's unbelievable if you just given the opportunity, people, and you show that you can succeed, you're a hard worker, you will be recognized. And this gentleman right here, um, you know, he's he's been with IBM for a long time, and he was responsible for strategy, execution, and IBM's global end-to-end supply chain. So he knows where stuff needs to be shipped around the world, especially IBM products. So this gentleman's doing one hell of a job. And he, like I said, um, he also serves the board of directors for the Haven House. And also, let's see, he has two children, enjoys outdoors activities with them, uh, camping, skiing, along with family trip to Costa Rica, which is his native country. So, you know, uh, Hispanics, doggone right. They're on the same boat as we are. So, uh, hey. My hat's off to Ron Castro for your job that you've done at IBM. Okay, cool, cool. All right, okay, we got one more to go here, ladies and gentlemen. And I've heard of her. Her name is Miss Stacy Brown Philpot. And highly, highly intelligent person here. Um, she's from Detroit, Michigan. She has a BS from Wharton School of Business and an MBA from. Stanford, which is um, which is Ivy League, but it's on the West Coast. Okay, um, she uh, in twenty fifteen she was recognized as Fortune forties under forty ranking uh, of the most significant young people in business. She was CEO of a company called TaskRabbit and, and board director of Noom, that company that does the diet diet stuff, and and IBM. And Financial Times, which is a European magazine, has noted that she's a rare example of black female chief executive in the tech industry. So she's really, really, I've heard of her. And she's been out there for a long time. And, you know, she's worked at various companies. Um, She worked at Google, Google Plus. Uh, She's been unbelievable. And she's on the committees at various IT companies such as IIHP. Um, where else? Oh, she has a, also she has a BA from Wharton School of Business from the University of Pennsylvania. That's an Ivy League school, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable, unbelievable talented person. And another person I'd like to talk about who's not with us anymore are Mr. Earl Graves. Mr. Earl Graves, I don't know if some of you know, uh, was the founder of Black Enterprise Magazine, and he was a giant. You know, he was a giant on Wall, a black man Wall Street, and he got his own company together. You know what I mean? And the guy was super. I, mean, I know it has nothing to do with technology, but um, he was unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable talented person, and, and then have his own magazine. Black Enterprises, okay? Go figure. Go figure. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And let's see. Earl Graves, unbelievable people. Yeah, he died in April 6th of 2020. And, you know, he had that Black Enterprises. 
magazine, and I don't know if it's still in publication or not. I, I would assume it is. Um, let's see. Let's check it out real quick. Um, I don't think it's in syndic. I don't think it's publishing anymore, but um, it's not showing that it is. So, oh, they're making digital edition to Black Enterprise. Okay, so it sounds like it's still in business. Um, yeah, he was a giant. He was a giant doing um, come up with his own company. So, you know. Unbelievable, unbelievable. The guy was a, just a giant. And for all I understand, he's one of the nicest people in the world, too. So, um, now Brooklyn guy from um, New York, and unbelievable, unbelievable, talented person. And I mean, can't believe it. He was, it was great. But, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you for, oh, for today's show. Um, I know I have to go, but I got some music I want to play. Hold on, I got music for you. Hold on, while we're talking about stuff, our heroes, and let's see, we got, we got music. <laughs> All right, once again, this is Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. You're a winner. Don't let anybody tell you, I'm going to give a damn what you do. You're going to be a winner. You could be a winner sweeping garages. You could be a winner building houses, building computers. Guess what? You're a winner. Just like Curtis Mayfield and Impressions said. Got to keep on pushing. Listen to him. Just like the Jeffersons, we're moving on up. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the end of the show, but I just want to say thank you again for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Some of you are off on Monday, but oh, I got one more thing I want to do. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. We have one more thing I want to. I just want to say before we go. If some of you enjoy the music, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is music from uh, this is part of music from the uh, music from the civil rights era. Curtis Mayfield, the impressions. You're a winner. Just like I'm gonna play a little bit of it. Stand by. Curtis Mayfield impressions is saying, we're moving on. You're a winner. Always. All right. So we're going to end this show on this note. This is the last paragraph of the last speech that Martin Luther King did before he passed away. Uh, this was in Memphis, Tennessee. I think it was at the Ebenezer uh, Church. Um, 
it was in reference his he was doing a speech because of there's issues of them hiring minorities, African Americans, or the garbage company. But um, I'm just gonna read the last paragraph of his speech and I'm not gonna sound like Martin Luther King. I'm gonna do it the way Terry Toot would read it. So here we go. This is the last paragraph of his final, final sermon or speech he had before he was assassinated the next day. This is what he says. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountaintop. Excuse me, he allowed me to go to the mountain. And I've, and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You cannot tell me those words will make you cringe and you make you cringe. Okay. I might not make it there. What he's trying to tell you, I'm not, I might not make it there. Okay. But guess what? My kids, my grandkids, your grandkids, and the people who are listening out here in this audience, your grandkids are going to keep on moving and striving to be better. He's not going to see it, but guess what? In heaven, he's looking down. I know Martin Luther King was happy when he saw when Barack Obama became president of the United States, not only once, but number 44 and 48. Okay. So we're going to end the note. We're going to end the show on this note, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, thank you, Martin Luther King, all everybody, the civil rights workers who basically gave up their life. And for, like I said, for me to be here, and you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Everybody, all the civil rights workers who sacrificed their life for people to live a better life. You know, some of us are, you know, look at it. Working on Wall Street, you know, executive directors of, uh, I'm just thinking, what's the name of the company? A big company in uh, Wall Street. Let's say, uh, not Peabody. But let's say, oh, they're not even around anymore. But Merrill, well, Merrill Lynch is still around, but it's owned by Bank of America. We have African-Americans that work in in high-end positions, okay? Goldman Sachs. But if it weren't for the Martin Luther King, um, Hosea Walker, Mecca Evans, and one for them, and the civil rights workers who were, get, who were getting killed by the Ku Klux Klan, I wouldn't be here. Those people wouldn't have those jobs. It includes the clowns, uh, these playing these sports, and some of these rappers that are making millions and millions of dollars. If it weren't for this, someone don't even recognize Martin Luther King, and that's a shame. Uh, it's gonna, it's a shame how our society's fallen. But that's okay. But that's okay. But we got other people that are doing things in the right way. So we're gonna end this show on this note, ladies and gentlemen. Martin Luther King, we love you, and everybody else that contributed 
for me to uh, me myself and other African Americans. I just want to say thank you. We love you, and God bless you all. And we're gonna end the show on this note. This is Sam Cook. A change is gonna come. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. And we will be back next Saturday morning at eleven o'clock. Take care. Oh